what did I say would make me come out of my self-imposed pinball vacation? I said if some major news happened in the pinball world that I would have to take the microphone and do a quick show. And that's what I'm going to do right now because nobody, I mean, nobody expected Deep Root Pinball to wheel out Retro Atomic Zombie Adventureland Saturday night to What's Brewing Coffee Shop or Brewery in San Antonio, Texas, and invite a streaming service to come stream the game so all of us out there could hopefully, finally, see this game in action. And that's exactly what happened. And I mean, literally, there was only like 48 hours notice for this thing to happen. I mean, it was like GNR doing a surprise gig at a dive bar kind of vibe, right? Well, not exactly, but but here's what I wanna do. I wanna deconstruct this a few ways. I wanna deconstruct the decision to do this and the decision to stream the game this way. I wanna talk about what I saw on the stream and my feelings coming out of the stream. And then I wanna talk about some of the stuff that was said by Robert and company as they were streaming this game for people to watch, okay? So let's start off with the decision to do it this way. So over the years, Robert Mueller and I have had a relationship that's gone up and down at times. He's joined the show multiple times and we've had great interviews with Robert. And I've given Robert a lot of marketing advice on how to launch Retro Atomic Zombie Adventureland. So there's the stuff I've told Robert about how I would launch this game. There's just also the stuff the industry has taught Deep Root Pinball, how the most effective way to launch a pinball machine is. Now, the problem right now for Deep Root is that none of this is following a marketing strategy or plan. It's as if the playbook is completely thrown out the window and they're sort of just winging it. They're sort of just doing stuff that they probably should have done a few years ago I mean if you look at this thing and what happened last night it was billed as more of a field test of the game but aren't we well past that point of having a field test of retro atomic zombie adventureland I mean if you want to do a field test and you want to get people's opinions about the game and get feedback because they were still doing that last night I was shocked like Steve Bowden and team they're still taking feedback on the game this is what you do months ago behind closed doors is you get people to come in, you get pinball personalities and players, and you get them to sign an NDA, and you get their feedback on the product. But now we're in this weird place right now with the launch and the reveal of this game. We're no longer under NDA. Like, they are showing this game to everybody, which, by the way, I think is great. Like, I hate NDAs with pinball machines. But they're now showing the game to the world, but they're doing it in a way that is not the best showcasing of the game. You know, the whole time last night as I was watching the stream and the game worked, and I think that was, like, one of the things they wanted to prove after that fiasco in September in which they invited those VIPs down to San Antonio and the game didn't really work. Now they had a working game. This game functioned last night. It didn't crash. It didn't have major issues. So I was really proud to see the game functioning properly. And it needed to, right? Because they build this as a final production version of the game. And the whole time I was watching it last night, I really was just like, man, I wish this game, the way it was playing last night, was available for all of those media outlets that went down there in September because this is exactly what they wanted to capture. This is exactly the experience they wanted to have and unfortunately it didn't work out. So here we are a couple months later and now we have the game out on location. But here's the thing, from a marketing standpoint, I think Deep Root Pinball has messed up how do you create a marketing hype around Raza at launch. This is not how you do it and I've talked to Robert, this is not how anybody 
wants a pinball machine to be revealed to the world for the first time. You don't want a pinball stream to be the first major introduction of the game to the world. And here is where we're at. This is what they did. This is not a polished video. This is not a controlled walkthrough of how the game works. This is not a nice sexy video of here are the game features, here's the pin bar. Everything you would want to do to professionally introduce this game to the world was not present last night. It was more of a casual, let's just play the game in a casual environment and have some fun flipping the machine. And we're going to talk about that and that's fine, but the problem is they're doing things in the wrong order. Without that super sexy launch and reveal of this game, you now cannot go back and do that over again. And I don't know why they skipped that step because back in September, when those VIPs were there, there was a professional film crew filming everything. Now the problem is that professional film crew could not film the game functioning properly because it didn't function properly. And that's something that the Deep Six will not tell anybody. By the way, a little side note, can we stop referring to these people as the VIPs? I mean, nobody, and I mean this, nobody who's in the pinball media is a VIP, nobody. Nobody's getting into the restaurant first. Nobody's getting upgraded to first class at the airlines. This is not a VIP industry, people. We're just pinball nerds. We're not VIPs. Say their names. It was Carrie Hardy. It was Jeff Patterson. It was Crystal. You know, there was like three more people who were there. So just say their names. So this is not the playbook. This is not what they wanted to do, but they're sort of just winging it as they go. Now, as far as the stream itself with Fliptronic and, and Jordan and his co-host, I'm I'm reading people's commentary and people are saying, you know, it wasn't well done. They were talking over the game. They didn't have enough stuff hooked up. I feel bad for them because the expectations of them was that we were going to get a Jack Danger or a Zach Manny like professional stream of this game for the first time. Sort of like the official things we get from Stern and from other companies when those two gentlemen do their streams. But Fliptronic doesn't normally do this. Like they're much more casual. If you go look at the Fliptronic videos that they've done on Twitch before. Remember, these are streamers where they're typically getting around 30 to 50 people that watch their stream. Like these are not the creme de la creme of pinball streamers. Now look, I think they're really great people. I think they did a really fun job just playing pinball and having some banter. And that's what their stream is about. Their stream is not what you're used to with Jack and Zach when they interview the companies and the coders and the designers. It wasn't that kind of launch. But again, that's why I keep scratching my head as to why Deep Root is doing it this way. They're doing everything in reverse order. You do these kinds of casual streams well after you've excited people, well after you've educated people on how the game works. And here's the thing, you do these casual streams well after you've already sold out of your game. And they're doing it in absolutely the worst order because this is not how you launch a pinball machine. So I just want to cut them some slack. I think they did a great job. Look, it was hard for them to sort of get all the video, all the things hooked up. Remember, nobody ever before has had a stream of game in which now you have to capture a pin bar along with the display, along with the play field, along with everything else going on. With all that considered, I think they did a fine job streaming it the way they do these streams. But again, 
our expectations of streams is much higher than this. And the thing is, after all of the boasting and bragging that DeepRoot has done, people just expect DeepRoot to knock it out of the park. Like our expectations are sky high for DeepRoot because of all the bragging they've done about how they're gonna change pinball and how they're gonna innovate and how they're gonna blow us away with their products. And so here you go, this is your opportunity. And if you're not gonna stream at the highest caliber, you have to expect people are gonna be critical and think that they deserved more. And you told them to deserve more, so you can't blame people's criticism there. Before we go on to the gameplay and just what we saw on the stream, I want to tell you what my marketing advice was to Robert. I've said to Robert from day one, to really sell Raza, an unlicensed theme game from John Papaduke, what you need to do is what he did at Zidware. You need to limit the amount of games you're going to make. You need to make it sexy and beautiful, and you need to make sure it works, which none of John's games worked at Zidware, and you need to only sell a few hundred of them at a a high price and just get the game out the door and move on to the next game. And so and so I would have said we're only making 250 Razas between 250 and 500 and I would have put like a $10,000 plus price tag on it and then you've got to release it to people with sexy video and that sexy lit up side artwork on the cabinet and the wraparound back box, all the sexy elements and I would sell out the game before I would even show gameplay streams but that is now not going to happen. And now I think it becomes a lot harder to get people to buy into this platform and into this game now that we've seen it all. Because uh, are we seeing stuff that's better than GNR or Avengers or what's in the marketplace? Let's talk about that right now. So as far as the gameplay goes, I, I, I gotta be honest, I was just happy to see the game work. As someone who's owned a Magic Girl, to see a John Papaduke pinball machine actually function, to me that's just the miracle, like that it actually works. So the game itself worked just fine. As far as gameplay, it didn't seem too much different from what we saw a year ago in Houston. Obviously they lowered the ramp, which is much better now. The ball looping around that ramp is a really fun shot and you wanna make it satisfying and rewarding and it looked like a lot of fun to shoot that ramp. It seems like the ball returned to the left side most of the time when it went up the ramp, um, but obviously there's a diverter that diverts the ball over to the right, but I didn't really see that too often in the game. Now, the hard part of the stream and talking about gameplay is the stream flattens everything. I mean, it flattens everything. From the top-down view, Raza looks like it has nothing in it, like absolutely nothing in it, because there's not much movement in the game, but there is stuff moving that you just can't see during that top-down angle of the stream. But there is stuff moving in the game, and there are mechs in this game. There's the duck targets, there's the Ned target, there's the carousel Ferris wheel from Comet that's in the upper left. So there is stuff in the game, but again, like, it flattens everything. So when you look at it through the stream, you're not getting a sense. I feel like the people playing it had much better vantage point, obviously, of what's in the game and what to shoot at. And it's probably, it's because it's more enjoyable when you're standing over the machine and you see those things moving. You can't capture that on the stream. I think it would be silly for me to try to tell you what I think about the way the game shoots by just watching a few streams because a few reasons. We weren't watching the best players in the world play the game and you just have to jump on a pinball machine to really give a great opinion about the way a game shoots. But here's what we can talk about. We can talk about the pin bar. We can talk about the software because we saw all of that last night. Okay, so before I go into the pin bar, I want to say one other thing. And this to me was the biggest head scratcher of the evening for me. I want to talk about three words that were said during the stream 
thing last night that I think were the three most ridiculous words a manufacturer can tell people when they are unveiling their game to the world for almost the first time when you think about it. All This is the first time we've seen Pinbar, we've seen the game, we've seen everything together. And there was a moment in which Steve Bowden was off to the side and he told the Fliptronic folks to, ready for those three words? Figure it out. Are you kidding me, Steve and Deep Root Company? You are putting a pinball machine out in the world for the first time that has new technology that people don't know how it works. It's a storyline that is so utterly confusing. Retro atomic zombie adventure land, right? Aliens landing on an amusement park, which ignites zombies under the ground. Everything about this game needs to be explained so we can appreciate and understand what this game is. And you told them to figure it out? I really, when I heard that, I'm like, is marketing just ignored by every single pinball company in the world? You you would never, you would never, if you were unveiling the new Corvette or the new iPhone or the new Neo Geo or the new anything, the new Sony PlayStation 5, do you think a company throws its product at the media and says, hey, figure it out? No way! That is the last thing you would do as a marketing strategy of a brand new product with new innovations that people don't understand yet. And when I heard that, I pretty much fell back in my chair and I was like, see, these guys are just not professional. They're just not professional. It's like Bowden's a fanboy. He's a pinball fanboy, but he has no idea what he's doing. If that's his marketing strategy, that we're going to wheel this game to this coffee brewery and I'm going to give it to people who have never played it before and I'm going to tell them to, to figure it out as I have a smile on my face and and they're going to get it like it's going to click but Steve what if it doesn't click what if they don't get it what if they're just flailing around now you've got thousands of people or a couple thousand people watching a video of your product and their first impression of it isn't going to be a good one so no you don't tell people to figure it out the whole time I was watching the stream I was like Steve Bowden just get on this machine and tell us how to play this game show us how the pinbar works show us how the modes work show us where all of that storyline that you guys have been bragging about where is it in this game so let's go on to that because I want to couple those two things together the pinbar and the narrative of this game so I will say this I didn't have a problem with the pinbar I thought it looked cool it did seem like the screen that was on the pinbar was simply showing the exact same thing that was up on the back box display so when when I saw that I was like is it really necessary to have like both these screens so I will say this it does look good it doesn't look like it's enhancing the gameplay at all very much and I'm not quite sure I'm gonna be honest I'm not sold yet on any of this pinbar innovation as being worth it for the end user of this product and when they start to go into stuff like it'll give you statistics on how many times you hit the ramp and how many times you hit the orbit why I don't want to know that stuff I don't really care about that stuff I don't need a password protected thing on a pin bar. We've been able to enjoy pinball for decades with just three buttons inside the coin door that put stuff up on the screen. We've been able to enjoy pinball for decades. In fact, I hope I don't have to open up the coin door because once you get your game dialed in and once you get your game working properly, you don't want to have to open up anything. You don't have to lift the glass. So I think a lot of these solutions that they created are problems that aren't real problems in pinball. They're definitely not going to enhance 
enhance the game at all. Like none of this stuff is going to make the game that much more fun. I can't imagine how having stuff on a lockdown bar like that is going to make the actual game itself more fun. Now I have to play it. I have to see how it works all together. But from what I've seen so far, I'm not sold on the pin bar innovation as being this huge quantum leap forward in pinball. Okay. Now the other part is the code. And after watching this thing for almost an hour, I walked away saying to myself, is there any story in this code? Because I did not hear any narrative going on. I, and maybe that's just the way the stream was. Maybe they weren't dialed into the direct audio because the first part, we didn't really hear the call outs, but just watching it, it just didn't feel like anyone was starting any modes. And we're used to pinball modes being the moments that really make a pinball machine's personality come through, right? Was there a mode to kill the zombies? Was there a mode to get on the Ferris wheel? Was there a mode to do this, hit the duck targets? You know, and I just didn't see any of that. And along with modes, when a new mode starts, we're used to animation sort of defining that mode, right? A mode is a combination of animations, music, callouts, all of these things that are directing the player to do something fun and memorable in a pinball machine. I think so many of us, when we look at pinball machines and what we love about each of the games we really love, it's the different modes in the game. Like, was there even a wizard mode anyone got to last night? I didn't see any. And probably the biggest thing I was really disappointed in was just the lack of overall animations. Like, where are all of these animations from Deep Root Studios that we've been hearing about? I mean, we've seen the animations for Food Truck in some of the games that are coming down the line, but I think this game, I think Raza really hasn't been given the full Deep Root treatment. I really think this is just the first game to get John Papaduke's lawsuit off of the back of Deep Deep Root Studios and Deep Root Pinball, and I think they want to move on to the other stuff. So it does feel like this game just doesn't have the full Deep Root punch packed into it. And I didn't see it. Did you see it? And maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm missing something. But again, this is why Bowden should have been jumping on the machine to show us what he put into this game. Now, the other part is this. Steve Bowden has never coded a game before. You know, we don't know what we're going to get with Steve Bowden. And from what I saw last night, I'm just not sure the storytelling, and he knows how to use code to tell a story in pinball format. I'm not sure it's there yet. Again, this is just going off of what they're showing us. So I hope I'm wrong, but I want to see all of that storyline that Steve keeps sharing on his fun with bonus page. Like read all the retro atomic zombie storyline that he's sharing every like week. Like where is all that in this game? Where's going into the atomic shop? Where's like buying things in the atomic shop? Where's Ned? Where is this like character? Where is the female character? Where is the hero? Who are you in this game? Like I didn't even get a sense of you're on this mission to clear out this amusement park. Like none of that, none of that narrative came through last night, but shouldn't it come through? Like if you're throwing someone the keys to this game and saying, figure it out, shouldn't the game start with like an introduction on what you're here to do in the game? I really did not see any of that. And it leads me to believe like, was this on a different mode? Is there like a storyline mode and then a tournament mode or a location mode? I don't know because they did not tell us. Okay. But from what I've seen right now, I feel like a story is completely missing from this game. And that is a huge thing that we're going to need to see to make sure this game is enjoyable to play. Now, the other interesting thing is we finally got to see the two different cabinets that will be available from Deep Root Studios. So they brought out the extra version, which had the wraparound artwork. It actually had the lit up cabinet artwork, which looked really awesome. I will say there are some innovations that we are 
are seeing in the overall pinball cabinet package that elevate this machine and will make it pop on location next to other manufacturers' games. I will say that stuff is really cool. And then we saw the basic version. I think it's the arcade version in which the back box is one piece. It doesn't have all the sexy lit up artwork and it obviously looks cheaper, but it is cheaper. Now, we don't know a couple things. We don't know the pricing of Deep Root Pinball games. I'm here to tell you, I've been told what I think the pricing is going to be. I'll say this. I'm not going to give specifics away because I don't want to get in legal trouble with Deep Root because, man, they are quick to threaten me with legal issues. I will tell you this. The pricing will be very competitive with where Stern Pinball is with their pricing. So if you want to look at a three-tiered model system from Deep Root and then look at what Stern charges, I think you're going to see prices right around there. Now, who cares about any of this if one thing is not in place? All of this, everything I've just said for 20 minutes, everything that's been shown on the stream, all the years of waiting for Deep Root Studios to take over the pinball world, none of this matters if they do not have manufacturing in place. What is the one thing we haven't seen yet? We have not seen their manufacturing set in place. We have not seen videos of their manufacturing line. We have not seen a, a room full of parts. We have not seen an assembly line. We have not seen workers. I think that when Robert got up there yesterday and said they are three to three and a half months away from production, he said that. I don't know if I can take that seriously. Are you telling me that this game that was supposed to be out in 2019, then 2020, now it's ready? I don't buy this. I'm here to tell you right now on Canada's Pinball Podcast, and I said this before. If they can make Retro Atomic Zombie Adventureland by March of 2021, I want game number one of the high-end cabinet version of this game. It's the extra version. Canada wants game number one, Robert. You heard it here first. I will buy Retro Atomic Zombie Adventureland, but it needs to be out by the end of March 2021. Even if you just make one game and put it in a box, put Canada's name on it, and I will be your first customer, okay? But I want this company to be held accountable to these dates. And it's at the point now where these dates are absolutely ridiculously late. These are arbitrary dates, but I don't think they're going to get it done by March. I really don't. And look, Robert and Steve and everyone over there, I hope I'm wrong, but how many missed deadlines do you get? How many missed opportunities do you get to actually make a game? Because now, Robert and team, now's the hard part. Now's not the fun part. Now's not the artwork and the lit up side cabinet artwork and the topper, which looks like a steampunk thing. We didn't even talk about that. That topper doesn't fit. But what happens now is what truly defines a pinball company. What happens now is really you showing us that you figured out the difficult parts of making pinball. This is the easy part. The difficult part is manufacturing. It's lining up all the parts. It's getting the assembly line going. It's getting machines in box. It's building many, many games so that the quality is there. So the consistency is there. All of that is difficult. And we haven't seen them do that yet. We don't know if they're capable of doing it. And they said, we can't forget history because the true story of Raza and Deep Root, it didn't start last night. It didn't start a year ago. This has been a company that for years has said they are going to ship more games than any manufacturer ever, that they're going to bury the competition, that their innovations are going to make everyone wish that they were buying deep root games. Okay, so that is what they said. So did we forget all of that? 
Have we forgiven them for saying all that? And look, none of it matters as long as they start shipping games, but they've got to ship game number one. If you don't ship game number one, you're never going to get to Goonies. If you don't ship this game, you're not going to get to game number two. And I keep hearing from people who have seen the other games that yes, Raza is neat, but the real magic at Deep Root is in other products. And I want to see the other products because if they can get off the ground, I think we're going to get to some really exciting pinball from these guys but they need to get this game done. At some point, Robert needs to be like, it's done, order all the parts for Raza, somebody build these damn things, let's get 250 to 500 out the door and let's move on to game number two and let's say we're never making more Razas, this is it, create some some FOMO around this, Robert, get people to feel like there's only gonna be 500 ever made and you gotta buy it within the first month and that's it and how many orders we get, that's how many we make and that is it. And then Raza immediately becomes a rare, sought-after J-pop game, which is what John Papaduke was always trying to do. But you got to get it done. So I'm going to hold you to this, Robert. Now, I would not have said three months because look what's going on in the world. We're about to go into more pandemic shutdowns. So it's going to be another crappy end of year into March, and we're going to hear more excuses about how COVID is the reason why this game isn't made. That's what I predict to happen. I predict that in three months from now, Canada will not be writing a check for Raza because we're going to hear about everything that went wrong this time and that time and COVID and suppliers and this and that. I just want these people to show us they can make a game. The next time we hear from Deep Root, I don't want to hear about the story of Raza. I don't want to hear about the pin stadium lights that are in it for some reason. I don't want to hear about the topper. I want to hear that you guys know how to build these games. Because if you don't know how to build these games and you haven't figured out how to mass produce pinball machines, then what is the point of any of this? So it's going to be an exciting three to three and a half months because that's what they said. It's not what I said. And we should hear in the next couple of weeks what the pricing is and what the availability is. And I am really curious if this company asks for pre-orders because I can't imagine anybody would go in on a pre-order model with this company, with their track record. I mean, they've missed their own deadlines by years. We're not talking weeks. When you miss your own deadlines by years, how can anyone confidently go in on a pre-order model? And the only way to get that confidence, Robert and team, is to show people your manufacturing. And I think they're going to have to do what Jersey Jack did and other companies like Spooky. They're going to have to show Razas that are in box and then open the order banks. They know that. Robert's smart enough to know that you're going to need to do that. He's going to need to have finished games ready to go, and then people will buy. Now, now, don't get me wrong. If they figure this out, and if they manufacture this game, and this game becomes available, and it's a limited production game from John Papaduke with all the sexy art and whatnot, they will sell this game. Pinball is very hot right now. People are anxious and are really excited about new pinball options. They are. There are a lot of people out there that don't want to just buy every new Stern. There are a lot of people out there that are kind of fed up with playfield issues with Jersey Jack Pinball. And if they've nailed the playfield quality issues, if this game is is problem free, and if this game has a playfield, we didn't even see them do the hammer test. But if this playfield is indestructible, like they said, and there's no orange peel, and it's a J-pop game, and there's storyline, and you're on amusement parks, and you're blowing up zombies, and it's fun. If the game is fun and just works, I mean, it doesn't even have to be fun, I feel like. If the game just functions, and they make a limited number of them, they're going to sell them. So time will tell. Time will tell.
All right, I'm going back on my vacation. I'm going back on my vacation. I'm going back into my bedroom. I'm going to go back to bed. I'm going to go get some Canada rest. I'm going to heal my broken foot. But this has been episode 522, a quick little POV on what we saw with Raza last night. Everybody, we'll see what happens. I hope they figure it out, but there's a lot they need to prove before we start clapping that they've done it, all right? Everyone, peace out. Uh